guys, and welcome to another episode of In Her Purpose Show, a platform where we feature female game changers who have paved the way in succeeding their goals and to continue to inspire at the same time. I am your host, Mafe Yunan Velasco, and this show is very, very close to my heart because I'm able to learn weekly and grow with two amazing Also, authors of In Her Purpose book and company. So, let me introduce to you guys first and foremost, Jen Redondo Marquez, who is also a game changer herself, working in the tech world and serving as the mentor of Collective Hustle and Filipino Americans in Silicon Valley tech. Hi, Jen. Hi. <laughs> so, it's just the two of yeah, and I know that we have such an amazing guest um, for today's episode. So um, before I introduce her, how are you? How's your week? It's okay. Today's kind of really not Today? so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, it, did it skip? Can you guys hear me? Okay, so um, I know that uh, we have someone that we will get to know really well today. She is one of your um, featured women in In Her Purpose book. So just to give a little bit of background, guys, this woman is the Pinterest creator for almost six years and currently working as a creative storyteller at What happened? Hello. Hi, Jen. Are you there? Sorry about that, guys. You know, in a live stream, this happened. So <laughs> all the way in the Philippines and Jen is in California. So we love these challenges. But um, I know that the woman that we are featuring today also is an amazing um, woman that has so much on her plate, but um, is able to balance. So without further ado, guys, let's welcome Evelyn Obamos. Hi, Evelyn. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Good to see you again. Good to see you. It's been a little over a year now since that show, that very hot show in Seguio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was super <laughs> sweaty hot. That's exactly how to describe it. It's like a small room with, I think, almost like 100 people. 
just yeah. go <laughs> into the yard and the parking lot. Oh my God. When we're all allowed to hang out like that again. Yeah, so, literally a very scary place to be during COVID. <laughs> Why was it in such a small space? Um, Sagigo is known for, I think, uh, live bands and a lot of the um, known bands now started there. You know, mm -hmm. they were there and, uh, you know, the people that really appreciate, uh, I guess, OPM and, um, you know, um, like-minded people in the music industry really support. And when Ruby Ibarra performed there, that's when I met Evelyn because um, Alex Bruce was uh, collaborated or performed with, with uh, Ruby with one of the songs. So I know we're gonna get to know you. So Jen, maybe you can um, ask the first question first before <laughs> yes. we really catch up. So okay. Evelyn, for our viewers who don't know you, can you share a little bit about your background and who you are? Yeah, so aloha, kamusta, hafade to everyone dialed in. Kumu has been such a blessing because it's allowed us to transcend borders, transcend locations, and transcend cultures, really. Being Filipino-American is not always the same as being Filipino. Uh, and I love that where I come from actually represents a lot of that unity and community, regardless of where we're all from. Uh, I'm an island-born city girl, grew up on Guam and was raised in Hawaii, then found myself in San Francisco for college and have been here for about 12 years now. So island-born city girl, living it up and got my education in media studies, Philippine studies and education as my master's. And I ended up miraculously being able to use all of my degrees uh, in, in due time and found my way into the tech industry because San Francisco is known for it and eventually evolved that career into now also doing filmmaking as my day job. So excited to talk more about this. Yes, yeah, so can you tell us more about the documentary that you've been working on and how did you and Ruby get connected? Yeah, I think I'll answer the second question and then finalize with the, the first one because it's more sequential for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think for anyone who grew up with YouTube in high school and college, Ruby was actually a really important part of my, my identity discovery. And a lot of YouTube artists at the time were huge in representing what music could look like uh, in our community. And I used to follow all these like amazing YouTube artists. And I think you all know who they are. And being from an island in Hawaii, to be able to connect with people globally through YouTube was so cool. And so I was so inspired by like AJ Raphael. I, I'm a pe passion, like lemonade generation, the Wong Fu Productions generation, Timothy De La Ghetto, Niga Higa from Hawaii followed all of these really, really cool people. And it wasn't until college that I actually found Ruby's music. Um, my best friend, Caroline, made a mixtape. If you all like, you know, back in the day, <laughs> mixtapes on a CD or a cassette tape. And she had a whole series of like some of my favorite YouTube artists. And on there was Ruby Ibarra and her sister, Donna, doing a cover of Best I Ever Had by Drake. <laughs> but they threw in a Tagalog rap verse 
at the end of the song. And I just remember feeling like so cathartic because I'd never heard like the Gallag rap for one and two, it being from a woman, like a Pinai. And that really solidified how much I wanted to know Ruby's music. Mind you, this was back in like 20, like 2008. And oh, wow. it's been quite some time. I've been following her for a while. And we shared a bill, like I also do open mics and we shared a bill at, U at SF State for Panais in the Arts. And because she was, you know, pretty popular back then, I didn't actually meet her because she had a separate dressing room from the rest of us scrubs. But it was <laughs> cool because I was like, oh my God, I'm literally on the same stage as Ruby Ibarra. But fast forward to 2018, um, I'm now a bit deeper into my film on the side because it wasn't my day job yet, but I got connected with her and worked on the Nothing on Us Penai's Rising documentary, which was the cover of basically a behind the scenes, pull the curtain back of how that epic music video was created in two days with a cast of over 200 Penai's uh, in the Bay Area. And that then was the first project we worked on together. Fast forward, she's with the Balik Bayans and they end up getting invited to go perform at Malasimbo in the Philippines. And I tag along and document this super epic journey of 10 people, all Filipino American in the Philippines, bringing her album Circa 91 uh, back home or to the motherland. And that's what 7,000 Miles uh, Homecoming comes from. Awesome. So what was the process like when you were directing this uh, docu-film and how was your trip to the Philippines? Honestly, because we've been editing this documentary for the past few weeks, it's now just like triggered so much anxiety from that trip and not so much among the people. I think like when people think of group trips, you worry about the personality conflict or people not being able to like do things they want. I think where the anxiety mostly resided was not knowing what was happening as each day passed. And there were a lot of things where, because Ruby's a solo, historically a solo artist, she can very easily maneuver through her schedule knowing that it's only on her. But now there's 10 people who have to transport hella gear, go between parts of Manila that take an incredibly long time to get to. And a lot of the confirmations for venue, for gigs, or invitations of interviews were never solidified until we were physically there. And there would be times where on the trip, they're like the whole band, you'll see in the documentary, everyone's like passed out from doing like an entire set at Malasimbo. And then Ruby at like 3 a.m. goes, hey everyone, um, so when we get back to Manila from Puerto Galera, <laughs> we have a gig. <laughs> at 9 a.m. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> 9 a.m. It was even to like the last minute of the trip, there were just gigs constantly coming in, uh, among them being Wish Bus, which is a very iconic, similar to Sagio, very, very monumental place for a lot of artists to show and like emerge 
from just being like an artist to now having a very visible online presence. Uh, we got it, the band got invited to perform at Rappler uh, Live Jam, which is effectively the NPR tiny desk of the Philippines. And there's, it's in the documentary, I'll do a, a quick teaser on here, but we also were very fortunate to run into Maria Ressa while we were oh, there. Wow. And at that time, it was March. And prior to that week, the news had just broke that she was arrested. And I had this super like out of body experience where I was like videotaping, like filming the band performing live. And then I like turn over and I'm like, aren't you supposed to be in jail? Like, <laughs> like don't, that. don't do anything, just keep filming. Uh, she ends up talking to the entire band and this was the last, last, last gig right before flying home. And I, I'll never forget her words, but she basically was like, as a journalist, we have a responsibility to tell people our story and reach people. As musicians, you have a responsibility to document what isn't being told in the media and mm -hmm. you can reach the masses. And this was a really like distinguishing factor of that trip. And she was like, why do you guys, why do you, why did you guys come home? Like what about being Filipino meant so much for your music that you're from America, but you wanted, there was like this call to coming to the Philippines that drew you here. Uh, and she herself was born and raised, uh, or I think raised in New Jersey. And so she herself was grappling with this and we got to unpack identity and blended reality uh, with her, which was very powerful for the trip. <laughs> Did you record that in your documentary or? It's all in there. Oh, okay. With this documentary from people sleeping on the floor to sweating at Seguio to running into people and people wanting to take pictures with the band, everything. <laughs> Everything's in there. Campaigns. <laughs> You guys got that experience in such a short period. Um, you know, imagine really performing like every other week or even every week. You know, did you guys guess on TV also or not yet? So that's a good question. I think Wishbus and Rappler were probably like the closest to a very high distribution. Uh, if they broadcasted that, we're not aware, but obviously there's always time to maybe do that one day. So wiggle room for for something to do on on stream for sure. Yeah, exciting. How did you meet Ruby Mafe? Um there. Sigigo, face to face. Uh because I was managing um a girl out here who really idolized and looked up to Ruby and that's how I was introduced to Ruby's music and just the way she is and then uh i think i i connected with her um because we wanted to collaborate and then um now um i'm honored to be her manager in the philippines so guess what evelyn you might be back <laughs> sooner than you think but um Girl, don't tease yeah. me right now you don't know how much i'm <laughs> to like go anywhere right now. <laughs> I understand. I know how the Philippines is, and I know that um, you know if you're not used to the ways here, then yes, it is a, a grind, it is a hustle, and um, 
if you just you know are able to organize it ahead of time and i know ruby i respect her so much because she works so hard and does um a lot of things on her own that's why i was uh, mm -hmm. more than happy to you know um help and guide the process that's just a nice thing are doing i mean even with jen uh and rose mm -hmm. that, um, that's something that i want to connect or bridge you know and make sure that um the communication is is something that is expressed well because um i think jen could also uh, um, agree with this sometimes there is uh, a barrier you know and we're all trying to do good things but uh just the way that we are used to different ways like in america me i grew up in australia so uh when I first moved out here, trust me, the challenge that you said, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I didn't even have internet. There was internet no. cafe, but I hailed taxis. Yeah, Jen was here. Yeah, I was there. Time. So, yeah. yeah it's no smartphones, no Google Maps, <laughs> no, <laughs> no Facebook. Yep, exactly. Nothing. But, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if we can get through it, you guys. <laughs> True. And you did, you know, you captured it. So, um, Jen, do you have any more questions regarding the 7,000 miles? Because I'm super excited to watch that. Yes, I wanted to ask you. I never asked you this, though, um, Evelyn. What inspired you to start directing? Good question. I think I'll tease that director title a little bit more and make it like a broader term as a storyteller. I think even like the context of this conversation right now is a huge representation of how in our culture, we are storytellers and oral history is innate in Filipino people. We are very expressive. We are very much a culture that thrives off of not just chismis, but also from connection. And I think what filmmaking does is it serves as this bridge to add dimension to people that you wouldn't normally understand if you were just to meet someone one in one way. And I think it's such a powerful medium, especially when you grow up not seeing a lot of that conversation reflected in the media. And Ruby talks about this a lot in her album, which is why I think it took off as far as it did is there's this huge appetite in our community for these narratives. And what she does in music, I feel I'm living out through visual narratives. And that has continually inspired me. Um, when I was in high school, I was part of this really, really dope film uh, like media program. And mind you, this is like a public school in Hawaii that had pretty like limited resources to like all the like high end technology. It was for us, it was really all about content and storytelling, regardless of your 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 device, regardless of like how accessible you know your phone camera is right now. Like it was all about what story you were telling. And I'll never forget being in Saber Media and wanting to do more films and just making spoofs of 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 spoofs and parodies of existing content because we needed more brown people in similar representation and that carried its way into my college degree and then further beyond that into what I do now so <laughs> what are some of your interests aside from storytelling and filmmaking 
so I I find myself to be quite the serial hobbyist, and I say this in the most healthy way, but I I like occupy my time with so many different things, uh, particularly tennis. I'm a huge tennis fan, been playing since I was about eight years old. Oh, do you play too? I played since I was nine. nine <laughs> Maybe it's like did see your tennis. Let's go. That's what Caroline also. I just bought a racket and tennis balls last. Oh yeah, we were we were just talking about this too, Jay. Yeah, that was my first love. I'm gonna I'm gonna die playing tennis. To be completely honest, like it's a sport that's you know super high endurance. You exercise multiple parts of your body at a time. So I love tennis. I love reading. In one year, like my max books I read was like 30. Uh, I've since slowed down a bit and like I do about an average of 12 books a year, 12 to 20. And I also am a musician. So I love playing guitar, ukulele, piano. And I have a lot of affinities for random topics like behavioral science, space, and social engineering. So I really love all of this really like how do you understand people conversations? When you say space, like outer space? Like like NASA. Like yeah. if I could have a dream job one day. I've always I've always toyed with the idea of like working at NASA one day. And I've read a lot of books on like um, Chris Hadfield, who is the Canadian astronaut. He wrote this amazing book called um, An Astronaut's Life to An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. Uh, I'm, I also read Neil Patrick Harris's, or not Neil Patrick Harris, Neil Tyson, <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson's book on um, astronomy for the for people in a hurry. There's a lot of like really random things, space. Well, it is possible. NASA is here in the Bay Area, and SpaceX. So maybe yeah, <laughs> yeah. How are you? Um, like I know now. Tell us about your new role. Yeah, good question. It's really funny because now I'm actually on a comms team. Uh, historically, I've worked in strategy for an international product and creators uh, at Pinterest, but now I'm on comms. And it's kind of funny because I told them about this interview and I was like, so am I allowed to do this interview because I'm on comms, which is like kind of a yeah. role. And they're like, well, as long as you're not talking about your job, it's fine. So. You can't, I can't tell you, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I, I know um, the feeling. <laughs> oh, that's right, at Apple. Yeah. Um, long story short, um, Stripe is an incredible place that really values growing the GDP of the internet. And the fancy, it's just a fancy word of talking about more businesses are transitioning online. And this is a way to enable your business to succeed globally. And so we provide a number of services that allow businesses to do transactions not just in the market just in one market but you can do global uh transactions also through some of the services and i have the super exciting role to be on brand communications that specializes in a few mediums so within my band there's this uh publishing company or publishing arm uh per se and it's called stripe press so they launch films, they launch books, they publish magazines. And it's so unlike a tech company that's always moving forward and moving, building and breaking things. It's very much like, let's tell the story while we're building it also. And that's usually like a very slow medium for 
or what historically has been, you know, the, the print space. And I think it's so powerful because it represents a lot of what I care about, which is taking what you're learning and empowering other people to take what that model looks like so they can have a good foundation for what they want to build. Uh, and then I get to do that in through film and like creative, creative uh, mediums. That's awesome. Dream job for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I have one more question for you. I want to ask you about what do you believe is your purpose and what does living through your purpose look like for you? Ooh, that definitely uh, ties into what I just mentioned. But um, like a lot of context here is uh, I grew up in a pretty poor family and we often had to figure things out uh, on the fly. And so kind of like the testament to that long trip to the Philippines, I think my family has constantly been super resourceful. And I often parallel what I see in the entrepreneurship space in tech being very parallel to like what my parents went through as immigrants. And I think often people are like, you know, looking down on like the immigrant experience to saying to think that it's like not like the first hand experience of being an American. But I actually want to turn that on its head and acknowledge like immigrants are entrepreneurs too. They had to figure out how to get from point A to point B with nothing, like almost nothing. And mind you, that's without the internet, that's without knowing who they were going to meet on the other side. And I think a lot of that modeling in my family has reinforced that we are resilient as a culture, as people. We are connectors, we are community builders. And what I believe my purpose serves is carrying on that legacy through my art form and through every decision I make in my career and in who I choose to meet. And, and not choose to meet, but like, who I do get to meet and like, who do I nurture in that circle? Because we have a pretty finite amount of time on this earth and the ones who optimize for happiness in service of others tend to be the ones who live the most fulfilling lives. And I think that having seen so much loss and grief in my life and having to make sense of nothing <laughs> growing up, uh, it's really been the people around me who nurtured my growth. And I want to pay that forward as much as I can. And this is a really good representation of all the people, actually. So thanks. I didn't know y'all had all these pictures of me. <laughs> it looked like it was staged, but this is all live. <laughs> That's so amazing. I love that answer. You know, coming from the same kind of background, it, it goes to show when you do pay it forward. And, inspire others and make your life, you know, your purpose is to serve others, then all the blessings returns. I mean, we agree with that, Jen, too. For sure. For sure. Like, I've seen Evelyn grow, like, tenfold since I've met her. You know? I was a baby when I met you, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, mad yeah. respect to your hustles, for sure. Um, Mafe, do you want to ask her the last question? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, we we really um, respect 
what you're doing and we find you as an amazing leader you know what would be your advice to of course women or young um, young women that want to follow your footsteps what would be the three pieces of wisdom you want to give them um i thought about this a lot because i often think of this quote or this mantra which is be who you needed when you were younger and i think a lot of us how our upbringing and the types of people or the person we evolved to be it always ties back to to who we were before and if it doesn't it's often good to assess who that person was to get a better represent get a better understanding of who you are now and so like my chapter title encourages it's be reflective um, there's this framework i learned when i was uh, in my teaching program uh, through Pinoy Pinay Educational Partnerships, shout out to PEP. And it's this idea of um, critical praxis, which was founded by this social, uh, the sociologist from Brazil called Paulo Freire. And it's pretty iconic in like the social justice education space called critical praxis. And that is taking theory, applying action, and then reflecting on it. And what you initially theorize is an idea then you take that idea and then you decide, okay, because I believe in this idea, this is how my behavior is. Then you reflect on, okay, has this assessment of my behavior actually been true to who I am and reflective of the theory still? And does that theory still prove true? This can happen in any dimension, religion, how you see your relationships, how you see your career, how you see value. And if that theory is then proven wrong again, then you assess, what does that new model of your theory look like so that you adjust your behavior and then you reflect? And so it's this constant cycle of, of ritual, which I think is very necessary to growth uh, long-term. So be reflective is one. Second is pretty tactical. I like to throw in tactical things every now and then and not just like, you know, abstract things, but financial literacy. I yes. cannot emphasize enough how growing up poor was not fun and it wasn't fun it was not mentally healthy it was not it was not easy to talk about in my family still isn't and and it's it's ugly it's a really hard conversation to have but if you are honest with the numbers you're looking at and you pay attention to how a more healthy conversation with money could look like that unlocks so much more potential because you've now not just invested in yourself in practice, but you've invested in yourself financially, which can get you further. Uh, and I hate to say money is like super important, but it is. We live in a society that that needs money to unlock opportunities. Uh, and I've benefited from people seeing my potential. And like I was a Bill Gates scholar and that unlocked an education for me. And mm -hmm. that don't that like donation, that's that um, gift of, of, of a financial education. Um, really opened up everything else that led to where I am now. Uh, so financial literacy is second, and then I'll wrap it up with being brown and being a woman is not always easy, but it can be your superpower. And I often am very underestimated. I think when you are in the position that is not always the majority, you are very empathetic and you end up learning how to treat people better and you recognize power dynamics, you recognize 
where your place is and where you want to be and how much you have to desire that position. So you have to fight for it even twice as hard. Uh, and so I learned pretty early in my tech career that being underestimated has been my superpower because I end up outperforming. I end up recognizing that everything that had led me to here is what will also get me further. And it's a distinction that not everyone can have because not everyone's a brown woman. <laughs> so those three things. Especially in tech. Especially in tech where there's barely, well, I'm seeing more of us, but there's there still could be more. Really? Like a lot of women? <laughs> so at Pinterest, I'm, I'm fortunate to say that when I left, um, I started Filipinos at Pinterest, which is an employee resource group that tried to amplify how we need to disaggregate the data of Asian American because it's not an adequate representation of who isn't overrepresented. So Southeast Asians like Filipinos, Vietnamese, uh, Korean, Japanese, et cetera. And we started a employee resource group that started with about five Filipinos. And when I left, there were about 70 of us. And this is like Ooh. in every in every department too. It's like recruiting, engineering, product management, research, um, design. And it was such a powerful thing to feel like I was part of nurturing that community at Pinterest. And now at Stripe, maybe there's wiggle room to, to start that over, but it's baby steps. So yes, I'm seeing more women in tech, but I could be biased to my, my peripheral. <laughs> you think it's because you're in a creative space and not yeah. in the hardcore like engineering space, like me, like engineering and hardware? Well, that's the thing. We saw more, um, we saw more, I guess not all of them are women, but we, we did see more Filipino engineers um, before I left. So there were, they were in every sector, like our growth team, our ads product team, um, SREs, uh, site reliability engineering teams. So we need, we need to um, have the generations evolve. It'll take time. Amazing. Awesome. I love the words of wisdom, you know, um, the, the one that you mentioned lastly, being an underdog, you know, that really just, um, makes you change the you know the game you're the game changer in that because you you are believing in yourself so you make mm -hmm. others you and you know as a, a proud filipina also um that's something that i am proud about you know i always say yeah, i'm proud morena um sorry to say i i will not um go and <laughs> use whitening products <laughs> but um you know mm -hmm. only respect to to the to, um for me i feel as though like you said it's a it's a, it's one of our um superhero um, mindset. You have to look at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we were given a chance to live this life and you only have that one chance. So fulfill it. And amazing, Evelyn, you're such a great leader, uh, a woman with purpose and, um, you know, just being uh, a scholar too and pursuing your dreams. Hey guys, especially all the young People out there, if Evelyn can do it, Jen, Rose, myself, you guys can. So, you know, pick up your your yourself and make sure that you list down the dreams and the things that you want to do in life. You know, those goals are possible. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take someone have a lot of money 
or resources at that point, you look for it. You ask questions. You know, you find women like these women right here um, to be inspired by, or even reach out to. Um, so speaking of that, Evelyn, maybe you can invite everyone up how they can find your work and uh, perhaps you know you can share your your social media or websites that you have right now. Totally. Uh, I'd be remiss to not share this considering I keep emphasizing how valuable it is to connect with people and let's do that. Um, I like to also say at most of my talks that this conversation did not start here, nor should it end here. And we are just a drop in the ocean of the waves we can have impact on. And so please find me on social media. My primary channel is my Instagram. Uh, I feel a obligated to also plug my Pinterest channel because I used to work there, but it's also such an incredible platform for inspiration. And I'm not as active on YouTube, but if you're on Kumu, would love to chat also on here. I think there's so many more things we can do with this platform globally, which um, to me, I'm still learning more about it. So maybe if you connect with me, you can teach me a few things on how to use Kumu. So no, it's pretty crazy and wild, right? Yeah, and I, I haven't used this before too. So like, how how are people seeing this on the? Yeah, the they're seeing this. Um, we are live on Kumu also. So thank you to everyone who's uh, watching on Kumu. Magandang hapon po sa inyong lahat who's tuned in. Obviously, it's magandang gabi in the states if you are located there. So. Jen, we have some exciting giveaways. Well, every stream we have partnered with Kumu where uh, we give away a, a book, right? And for today, Evelyn will help us and maybe you can think of a question for a trivia question that people can answer on Kumu and then we will choose a winner. And right now we are only catering to this, uh, this um, competition in North America. So for the, the people here in the Philippines, soon, very, very soon, you will grab your copy if you are a part of the competition. So perhaps, Evelyn, do you have a question that you would like to ask the community? Yes, the community. So um, ooh. <laughs> I'm assuming the people in the chat might also be fans of Ruby Ibarra. Yes. Okay, so um, what was the first song on Ruby Ibarra's album, Circa 91? There you have it, guys. What was the first song on the album of Circa 91? And it, it this actually was, this particular song reminded me of what you were just talking about, Mafe, where it was recognizing your skin is beautiful. So oh, I already know it. Yeah. <laughs> I should know it. <laughs> you know it? Yeah. I know it. Are people so, commenting? I can't see. Um if we do not see one, um hello everyone in Kumu. Okay. All right, too bad I am not from North America. <laughs> okay, go ahead and answer that. <laughs> because there might be other prizes that we can uh, confirm with Kumu management. Maybe some coins. That's something that we have to talk about, Jen. Okay. 
for the people in the Philippines, maybe we can give out coins to them. Um, so uh, if you are in the Philippines, go ahead and answer. And for the ones in Northern America, um. uh, again is, what is the first song on Alex? I'm oh, sorry, uh, Alex, who's answering me? That's why I said Alex. Yeah. Ruby. Circa 91. We have an answer, um, Emily. Do you see it? I Are don't you... see it. How do I see it? So, oh, oh, it's on Como. Um, Andrew Media 09 said, Brown out. He or no. she, this person is correct. <laughs> Which is currently in the Philippines. So, anyone else? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? I also um, have a giveaway actually. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, so I posted on my Instagram that I was gonna draw um, a raffle of who will win um, one of five books that I'm giving away. So I will mail it to anyone anywhere. Um, this one for for Andrew Media right there. Yeah, so I think I can give him one and do the four from my Instagram comments. Um, so, so, you guys, so whoever has um, seen um, Evelyn's Instagram posts, go ahead and answer that, um, direct message her and give her your answer so that you can be one of the winners of uh, Evelyn's um, giveaways. Yeah. She's Five books, and now we only have four books. Left. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All you have to do is comment on my post with the book. So it's like my most second to most recent post. Uh, and then I'm actually looking for the right app to use um, to draw the random winner. So, mm. how about well, what's the app that you guys, you guys use in our meetings? I'm actually looking for one right now. What do you guys use? There's this really fancy app that everybody uses during meetings now. I don't know, Jen, do you know it? You're in the tech day. <laughs> oh no, we don't. I think it's more for the Gen Z. <laughs> the Gen Z. I was like, we don't we don't have like fun stuff Picker like that. Pickerwheel.com. Oh, Pickerwheel. Thank you again, Alex. And welcome to the newbies who's just tuned in. Guys, this is an amazing woman that you need to follow. Evelyn Obamos. She is a director. A creative, um, you know, the uh, creative content uh, has been with Pinterest for the past six years. So go ahead and follow her, her profile also there to be inspired. Uh, I'm always inspired seeing your posts, Evelyn. Amazing pictures that you have all, from all over the world, all your travels. Um, I feel like I'm traveling with you. We gotta pretend virtually now. Uh, the other day, I was actually um, <laughs> I was using Google Earth, the <laughs> new feature to travel, <laughs> and I was trying to remember um, this place I ate at in Korea, and so I just like remembered where I was, and then I like used the person on the map to like drag to the location. I'm like, I'm touring. <laughs> oh my gosh! You gotta just be creative now to travel. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So for the dramas, that's how I know I'm in Korea. <laughs> how? The the K dramas out here. But anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, what are you watching right now? I've been well, watching I, a lot. I the the good ones. Um, 
course, the, the known ones, Chloe and I to one class. And then I watched another one, I think Hello by Mama. But then Oh, that one's scary. <laughs> but it's, it has a really good um, point of view to it. If you watch the whole thing, it yeah. resonates to me because um, I'm a bonus mom. So that, oh, yeah. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was really, yeah, it's a bit scary, but um, it's a fun humor. And then um, it was very touching. Yeah. When I watched the whole thing, I was like, okay, I love I love that, that story. Um, and they really were well thought. So maybe Evelyn, you'd be inspired for all these gay dramas because they're pretty good directors over there. Honestly, but they are insanely talented. I think Korea, yeah. this could be an entire separate conversation, but I've been really fascinated with Korean uh, every like Korean production in general. So everything from their like music to lifestyle to fat to fashion. Clothes. Yeah. So they're so ahead of the game. And um, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit, I only started listening to K-pop about a year ago. And I feel like I've, I've just neglected an entire I, part of my new identity now. Like this was bought, like I bought this in Korea and like there's just so many parts about yeah. their street fashion. Um, so good at storytelling. Um, mm -hmm. Like there's a reason why we binge an entire show in a day, like that's not, just and they're long. They're, they're like movie. an hour and a half long. Yeah. Um, I think so. Speaking of long things, I'm having a hard time finding out how to do this. So I'll just make the announcement directly in my story uh, mm -hmm. and post it there and, and DM the people who won directly. So <laughs> sorry, I can't do it right now. So no. you have time to comment. People have, have time to comment. <laughs> Yes, again, thank you guys. Oh, Ruby is here. Hi, Ruby. She's on Kumul. Hey. Hi, Ruby. So um, perhaps we can have Ruby on here too soon. So yeah. Yeah. let us know when you're, you're free. But again, Evelyn, thank you so much for being part of um, our show today. And I know Jen it really appreciates you. And guys, don't forget um, to get your copy, if you you still have a chance to win through Evelyn's um, Instagram post, but um, Jen, please share with everyone where else they can find in her purpose. You can follow us on Instagram at in her purpose and on our website inherpurpose.com. Basically, we're in her purpose everywhere, so just follow us. <laughs> um, right now, I know you can go to um, an event. Right, Jen? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So this weekend, a bunch of us are going to the Pinaista Virtual Summit. It kicked off tonight and tomorrow and all day Sunday. There's going to be just an amazing um, roster of Pinais around the world. This is the first time that it's virtual. Normally, it's in person here in the Bay. But I noticed the, the rosters, including people from all around the world, which is exciting. Like Ruby, the other Ruby from Rubiano. Yeah, Paris. like and then, you know, there's people from like all over the world that yeah. are that are um, involved. So it's exciting. Some of the other gals from the book, like Roz and Gina, Joanne, Encarnacion, and mm -hmm. Joanne Boston. So it's just a lot of bosses, you know? <laughs> So go and uh, visit Pinaista event, guys, and visit yes. the 
little booth of in her purpose also. Oh yeah, we'll have a booth. They can win prizes. So come see us tomorrow and um, Sunday. And if you're attending, um, there is a gift in your virtual swag bag. So don't forget to open that up. Cool. Yes. yes. And then Evelyn, where can we watch your documentary? So good question. Um, we're world premiering it next Wednesday. We found out the other day that once we announced it, we actually sold out tickets already for the drive-in screening. Um, so hopefully you bought yours already, Jen. I think there's no tickets left. But um, we're screening it for CanFest Forward. CanFest is the largest Asian American media film festival in the world that happens in San Francisco uh, by Center for Asian American Media. And they're huge. This is also where we world premiered the Nothing on Us documentary with Ruby. And we will be at the Fort Mason Center. From there, we're hoping to stream it on more uh, film, like virtual film festivals and hopefully other drive-ins in the future. So if you know anyone who might want to screen it, we're hoping to collaborate. And the we literally could host it anywhere because we're all virtual. So we're open to anyone who wants us to premiere the film. Well, hit up all the ones here in the Bay. Everyone will come watch them. Yeah, knowing that we sold out in almost 48 hours is pretty pretty wild. Yes, that's amazing. And congratulations in advance, because I know that this film will be uh, shown around the world. People will appreciate it. And of course, Ruby uh, Ibarra is there with the Balik Bayan. So go follow them too and all their updates. Um, again, Evelyn, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Jen, do you have any other um, uh, anything to share to Evelyn before we wrap up? Just that I'm like super grateful for you and I'm so glad that you said yes to be down and part of this project and coming along with us for the journey. Yeah, so. you all went through a lot to put this book together. So yeah. <laughs> you know, we lost our entire podcast recording um, when Jen recorded my oh. interview and I ended up writing my chapter, which turned out turned out good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and who knows, you might have your own book next. Movie. You're planning the seed, aren't you? Awesome. Okay. Evelyn, thank you so much, everybody. Don't forget to follow Evelyn and all her social media handles. And again, her question for her trivia was, what was the first song on Ruby Ibarra's album Circa, Circa 91? Yes. DM her. Yeah. See, Evelyn. And Jen, another amazing episode. Um, we do miss you, Rose. So we'll see you in the next show where we feature another female game changer. Right, Jen? Yes. See y'all next Friday See and later. Saturday. Yes. Yeah.